Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and we are now in Season 4 of the podcast, where we get to know teachers better. Our themes this season are passion, drive, and determination. Join me. Today we join Van Ann Vong Duck, who teaches 7th grade at Parks, Sports Journalism, Journalism, English, and Pathfinder. Join us. All right, uh, welcome Van Ann. Thank you so much for having me. Great, I'm so glad you're here. Um, we have some quotes from people who um, shared some information. Uh, May Ann? My Ann. My Ann. Mm-hmm. You know it? And I actually emailed her and asked her if she would pronounce her name for <laughs> me or tell me how it's pronounced. And I forgot to check that. So I'm embarrassed. My Ann and Min, mm-hmm. your brother. Yes. Rocio, who you teach with at Parks, mm-hmm. and Tracy. So we have some information uh, to help kind of uh, season the, the podcast interview. Um, but first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? How did you get into teaching and how long you've been teaching and what, what's that been like? Yes. So actually, I knew I wanted to be a teacher since second grade. It was very clear to me. Um, so I started. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I started in the Fullerton School District at Laguna Road Elementary since first grade. Okay. And then I remember just by second grade, I had um, my teacher, Mrs. Street, and I wrote her a letter and I just told her, Um, in the letter, I was like, you're the best second grade teacher I've ever had. Well, you're the only second grade teacher I've ever had, but I just want to be like you. And from that moment on, I've just always loved teaching. I love being in the school settings. And then it was towards high school where I figured out I wanted to be an English teacher. And then from there, I went from Laguna Road to Parks Junior High to Sunny Hills, and then Cal State Fullerton, where I got my undergrad and um, teaching credential, student taught at Troy, and then I came, and then my first job was Parks Junior High. That's um, pretty unbelievable. <laughs> so you went to Parks Junior mm-hmm. High, and you're teaching there now. So yes. first tell me, are there any teachers still there from when you were there? Yes, no. a lot of them. You don't lot. have to name them. Yes, but, yeah. But um, what's that like? Oh, my God. It's so much fun. I think at first it was quite intimidating because I knew them as teachers, and I wanted to prove myself mm. as a teacher, a new teacher, that I belonged there, that I could work alongside yeah. them. But luckily, like the park staff, they're so supportive. They were so welcoming when I came in, and mm-hmm. they're just like, you have to call me by your first name, uh. my first name now, <laughs> which is very strange for me. Um, but it's been so much fun. Was to, Mr. Like, Sunny one of your teachers? Mr. Sunny was my health oh my teacher. <laughs> and oh, wow. he makes me call him Mark now, That's um, funny. which I still can't get through. I'll always automatically just call him Mr. Sunny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said something that reminded me of maybe a quote, but are you competitive? I think you said something like, I wanted to prove myself like that I deserve to be I there. Think I, I think I'm competitive with myself. Okay. I'm not competitive in terms of like other against people. other people, yeah. but I always want to prove to myself that I can do it. So I'm always challenging myself. Um, Everyone knows that I'm like a perfectionist, so I just try to do the best okay, that I can. I'm going to bring up a quote, and this oh. is from your brother, Min. And when I read the quote, I'm like, that'll probably never make the podcast. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, but he says, you won a chess tournament when, <laughs> when you were in elementary, and then you pretty much never played after that. Is that, that true? 
That is true. I <laughs> I don't know how I got into the chess club at Laguna Road. It was just one day I stumbled into our library. I was like, oh, why not? Um, we get to sit in the library <laughs> and play and learn chess. And then I just kept going at it. And then I guess it was towards the end of the school year. Um, I did our district competition and got a little trophy. And then from then on, I just, I guess, found other hobbies. Or That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, tell me a little bit, why do you think your brother remembers that when I asked him? This he put un under bonus feedback. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just so out of the ordinary for me mm. because I was so shy. I'm still pretty shy um, now. So You're just, shy? <laughs> I am. I'm okay. a huge introvert. I think <laughs> as like a teacher, I like, I'm able to kind of put myself out there now and right. kind of right. be in front of the students and do what I have to do. But everyone just knows that I like to just go home with my book or my movie. <laughs> so just being in like a different club where I've never played chess before oh, okay. and interacting with other students and being yeah. in a tournament was just very different for me. And just uh, then uh, winning. Yes, and I think he's just like, how on earth did you win? Did you cheat? <laughs> so. I was interested to know a little bit more about your brother-sister yeah. relationship, yeah. but uh, we'll come back to that. Um, so one of the first quotes from Min was, since we were just kids, Van Ant has always had a passion and innate ability for making connections with people. And so what's interesting is you said, use the word introvert, and when you walked into our office just a few minutes ago, I just noticed how you were, you were like beaming and exuding oh. energy. And so I find this quote seems really, really true. Tell me something about making connections with people. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I think being a teacher has definitely helped me kind of come out of my shell in terms of my shyness. But I think everything that's always grounded me is just making those connections so that I can feel comfortable and feel grounded mm -hmm. wherever I am. So even though I was super shy going into my first year at Parks, I really wanted to develop those relationships with those other teachers, mm -hmm. make friends, make mentors so that I could feel like I have a support group around me in case I just get too into my head and everything. So I think that's why like connections are so crucial yeah. to me. So it's it's a survival technique. It's it's a way that you kind of ground yourself. Yes. Um, so give somebody who's maybe not naturally disposed to making those connections. Maybe they feel a little uh, isolated in their uh, work team. Like what's a strategy? that you could say to somebody else, here's a way to make connections with people. Like, what do you find yourself doing in those situations? For me, it was all about taking small steps instead okay. of just going to like a huge social event <laughs> with all the staff members or in the lounge. Like I started really small, like choosing like one English teacher that was next to me, like my next door buddy to get to know and having lunch with her and then slowly branching out into hmm. building that community. And then later on, it was I was able to make more connections with other staff members, be a part of like the English department, see other people from other departments. So I think for me, it's just starting small, not getting too overwhelmed or hmm. pushing yourself too much and just doing what you're comfortable with and then slowly you'll grow from yeah. there. Yeah, good advice. Do you find uh, yourself noticing students who are introverted? And what is that like? Because if you identify with that, do you find yourself pushing them or respecting their boundaries? Like how do you as a teacher engage with 
students who are introverted. Yeah, so I always tell my students the very first day of school that I want them to feel safe and welcome and comfortable mm. in my classroom, and that's for all personalities. So mm. I'm never going to try to, I'll always try to challenge them academically, but I never want to push them into a com- out of their comfort zone to the point where they're fearful mm-hmm. of going to my class. So whether I see students who love working with other people and they're social and um, they love collaborating, then I'll have them work in groups, but then sometimes I'll also offer student choice where if they prefer to work independently mm. or just with one other partner that they know, I'm completely fine with that. And then hopefully mm. with time, I can encourage them maybe by not the first week of school, but maybe by <laughs> the second quarter, they'll be comfortable enough to sit with a different group of students in class or present in front of the class and not be too scared. That's great. So uh, kind of in a way, earning trust by not forcing things, mm-hmm. but uh, offering choice, which mm-hmm. I think is a big buy-in for students uh, to help create trust. Um, that's great. So talk to me a little bit about when I did your introduction, you were teaching four preps? Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, how did you start at Parks? Were you teaching all those subjects, journalism, sports journalism, Pathfinder, and English? No, I okay. wasn't. So every year has been a little bit different. And my first year was 2019. So when we shut down oh. was <laughs> my first year as a teacher. Wow. So I started off um, full English, so seventh grade and eighth grade um, ELA, and then I was um, helping with the co-taught model for mm. our English yeah. um, department, so that was really fun. I've done that the last couple of years, so teaching co-taught for ELA 7 and then ELA 8, mm-hmm. but then this year, they um, and oh, last year and this year, they really wanted to like revamp the Pathfinder elective course as well as journalism and sports journalism, so um, our principal was like, would you be willing to not only teach Pathfinder English this year, but try journalism and sports journalism as okay. well? So I was like, of course, like I'll try it. I'll do the best I can. I don't know much about sports, <laughs> but I'll have the students help me and they'll teach me too. And we'll do it as a collective class. But I'll tol- told her like, I'm so grateful to teach at parks and yeah. to be in Fullerton School District. Whatever you throw at me, I'll just, I'll try my I'll, best. I'll, I'll, I'll go for <laughs> yeah. it. I'll give it yes. a shot. So you said um, sports maybe wasn't uh, like a passion, but what about journalism in your like, uh, bachelor's degree in English is that right yes so did you have journalism as a background or no I didn't okay. no so it yeah. was still a new thing for me so this year I've learned a lot <laughs> and kind of by trial and error yeah. as well figuring out um, how to teach the students what curriculum worked with journalism yeah. and sports journalism so I love it now it's like a brand new course that I'm learning myself yeah. um, which is fun and I still get to teach like those writing techniques and strategies mm. um, but just in a different way than English yeah what's the biggest differentiation because journalism of course is gonna be writing mm-hmm. but what's the biggest uh, difference you see between your English course and it could be the students who are in it I don't know mm-hmm. how students get into a journalism mm-hmm. course but what's the biggest difference you see between your English course and a journalism course yes yeah, so I think it's so different between English and journalism as well as journalism and sports journalism. Okay. So um, I would say just like the group of students for journalism 
it's um very i have like 14 kids so it's okay. a really like close-knit mm. small group and they love writing you know they want to push themselves they're always writing their own stories as well as articles for our newspaper wow. so i see i saw that passion mm. from the start where maybe for english is required you know we we want to encourage them we want to motivate them and see where they're at yeah. in terms of what they like in terms of writing yeah. and reading and then going along with that whereas i feel like journalism they're writers already wow. which for me yeah. i was never a natural writer growing up so i was like that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um and then sports journalism it was very different because they they're all very um passionate about sports but mm. maybe not so much of writing wow. or okay. a lot of them came in like what is journalism yeah so that was like a different way that they had so much background knowledge on sports but then i had to start kind of from scratch of what journalism is what right. writing articles is about so it's just yeah. very different wow it sounds yeah. um it sounds challenging in each class would be challenging in kind of a different mm -hmm. way do you have not that your students are going to hear this do you have a favorite subject to teach out of those four like is there one oh that just gosh. is uh, like time seems to fly by versus uh yeah i mean i think i'm just more comfortable with english because that's how i sure. started it yeah, and i yeah. love um you know teaching the stories that we have and i was a struggling reader all the way through high school mm. so i always try to encourage students i'm like i know how difficult reading and how mm. intimidating it could be so yeah. i like seeing that growth that the students have yeah. from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Um, but I also think I've taught Pathfinder for a couple years now, and that's just such a fun elective. Like all the seventh graders, they're talking about their careers and passions, and we're using Thrively. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a really fun elective I love to teach. That's awesome. Uh, I was looking at a quote here from, it's Rocio, mm -hmm. is that right? She mentions a train ride. Does that ring a bell? Oh, um. We, I did take a train down to San Diego for a conference we went to. Yeah, she says, one of the many memories that serves as an example of your passion and dedication to grow as an educator is when we took a train from Fullerton to San Diego to attend a CTA conference. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yes, What's... that was our first year. Oh, yes. wow. Yes, so I think the, that stands out so much to us because I feel like our first year as a teacher, the learning curve is just so dramatic so we're mm. just in survival mode we're right. just like day by day like what are we going to teach tomorrow how yeah. are the kids going to be what's my classroom management going to be right but um that conference stood out to us because we just had so much fun and it kind of mm. reinvigorated us mm. of our passion for teaching and hearing other um, teacher stories from all across the state at this conference in San Diego and she re always remembers the train ride because I was like oh I can't catch a ride but I'm going to get an Uber, then I'll go to the train station in Fullerton, and then I'll go from there, yeah. and then I'll go to San Diego, and then I'll take the train back so that we can be ready for work on Monday. Yeah. So it was just like, I'm like, I'm going to make it to this conference no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why she was like mentioning that's the train awesome. ride. So it is a little bit of like by any means necessary mm -hmm. trying to get there. Um, that is not the only gathering that somebody mentioned. Uh, one was Tracy Doe, assistant principal. Mm -hmm. She mentioned the California League of Educators Educator of the Year Award <laughs> Conference. I don't know if that's the right name of the mm -hmm. conference, but that was not that long ago, right? No, it was like a couple months ago. A couple months ago. Or and tell us about why were you there? 
Yes, so I was nominated <laughs> for, okay. for Educator of the Year wow. for our region, which I guess was like Orange County slash yeah. Los Angeles, which was a complete shock to me because <laughs> I was still grappling with the fact that I was like, I don't know how to teach journalism. I don't know how to teach sport journalism. So when our principal, Laura Lee, told me uh, I was nominated, it was just a huge <laughs> surprise, but I was, I was very grateful. Wow. So what was that gathering like? Was it a conference like with learning and such? or more like just no, a celebration? No, or? it was just like, it was like a beautiful dinner at the um, mining company okay. in Orange. Okay. And then all of the nominees um, had to give a speech. <laughs> in you front, had to give a speech? In front of, um, oh my gosh. In front of the whole, like there was like a panel. And I then just got all nervous. The guests <laughs> and, which was <laughs> terrifying for me. And I invited my parents, but I told them, I'm like, if I get nervous, I might ask you to leave when, <laughs> when I give my speech. Okay. But um, I let them stay there, um, which, was, which was really nice. But yeah, that was like one fear that I conquered. Oh my gosh! Giving a speech. <laughs> yeah. So, do you remember what you said in your speech? What um, was like I a think, key point? Yeah. So I was talking more about just what were like my aha moments mm. as a teacher, or what are the things that I've learned from my students, yeah. um, that I've taken with me. Um, so that was mainly what my speech was about, like yeah. just building those relationships, my students giving me life advice. Because <laughs> like from the first year, I just wanted to be perfect. And like, I didn't want any typos in my slide decks right. to the point where like the second week of school, my first class, they're like, just relax. Just relax. Oh, be like, it's fine. So then I always, you to yeah, be more I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the other things that Tracy mentions is uh, she does uh, mentioned you're passionate about connecting with students, building connections, building relationships, and learning about your students. And then um, you apply that knowledge about your students to teaching. Like, how do you see her, her explanation of what you're doing? Uh, it sounds like you're drawing in what you know about the students into the lesson, or I'm not exactly sure. Let me know. Yeah, so I try to do that as much as I can because I know, like, um, the students are going to get the most out of it when they feel connected to the material. They feel like they have a say in it or like their interests. So I always try to find out like what they're into, what mm. like music or movies or just like what their mm -hmm. passions are and try to incorporate that into my lessons, whether it's like a writing piece or yeah. a story that yeah. we read. Um, I'm lucky that I have Pathfinder where mm. it's all about careers, interests, hobbies, and I can use that, especially if they're in my like other classes. Yeah. Um, but like one thing I did recently is all my students, they always tell me what their Spotify play lists are and oh. and like what they're current what they're currently listening to so recently for um, one of our stories that we're reading in english i had them make like a spotify playlist for mm. the for a character and oh, they had to like cite evidence why that why that character would listen to yeah. that song how it connects to that yeah. character and they had to cite evidence as well so it's just trying to make the assignments a little bit more interesting and engaging yeah. for them yeah i can even see different students because of their own musical taste or uh, musical just knowledge of music they would pick different songs mm -hmm. but then they're justifying why they chose the song for that character yes. so they're doing some character analysis yes. but you're tying it into spotify which is something they may use daily mm -hmm. um, just in a way of technology but also they may pick things that 
they like. Yes. And try to, if they relate to the yeah. character. And I was like, yeah, they were just asking me, like, can I use this song? I was like, if you can argue it, you know, and you can explain it and yeah. analyze it, then you can. So some students chose songs in Spanish that they listened to and they would translate it for me. Some were just all about Disney songs <laughs> and how they could tie that in. And others was like top 40 or Stevie Wonder. So mm -hmm. just all across the board, which is nice. That's awesome. I love that. Um, give me another um, example of bringing in what you know about students into maybe not the lesson. It doesn't have to be that, but mm -hmm. just into the classroom environment to, to have a connection with students. Yeah, so I think I just try to get a, like a grasp on like also like their learning styles mm. or their personalities so one thing I do at the beginning of like each class or like semester or like the first day of school um, they do like asset-based profiles so I can mm. see what mm. how they look at themselves and what they're right. bringing into the right. classroom so some are like really creative and artistic so I try to incorporate more like creative activities into the classroom so they can express themselves in different ways as opposed to just writing or you know like worksheets or some they always tell me you know they're really good with technology and coding i was like mm. okay can you like make a stop motion like flip a clip for me so you yeah. can express your learning in that way so i think trying to get a grasp on like how they like to express themselves mm. and then incorporating that into our classroom yeah and it would seem like after you know having some experience in the classroom knowing what worked for other students then you kind of build mm -hmm. a list of suggestions that you can say what about like flip a clip mm -hmm. what about you know stop motion things that then might uh be building other bridges mm -hmm. to other students um yeah. so i could see that kind of becoming easier um think about a very hard to reach student and maybe it could mm -hmm. be a real life example or hypothetical i don't know mm -hmm. um Tell me about a challenging student to connect to. Yes. So um, one student that comes to mind is it was just really hard for him to really get engaged in what we were reading, mm -hmm. what we were like writing, like paragraph writing, essay mm -hmm. writing just right. wasn't wasn't for him. Yeah. Um, and then I was just trying to figure out, like, what can I do to get, get him to like express his learning in any way? And then one day it clicked that I was looking at his binder and he was doing um, different, I guess it was like graffiti mm -hmm, style, mm -hmm. like for his names and his friends' names and everything. I was like, oh, okay, so do you like doing like like more artistic stuff? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, I like how like graffiti looks mm -hmm. and everything. So then I was like, oh, can you make me kind of like a poster, like a one-page mm. poster using that style to show me what you learn about like this character and everything he's like oh, okay so then he kind of got yeah. into it so he made like the name of the character in a really cool like font and then he was putting some adjective to describe the character mm. so instead of just like trying to force him to write like a paragraph he did it in a different way that was more comfortable yeah. for him wow and so he went from maybe not engaging mm -hmm. to producing something mm -hmm. and adjectives related to the yeah. character i could definitely see that um, you know, it's on target for the learning goal, mm -hmm. but then um, did that change the relationship or what, what happened yeah, after that? it did. I think uh, maybe not a lot, but right. <laughs> to the point Let's where at, least, yeah, at yeah. least he wasn't 
being disruptive or having like those mm. avoidance behaviors right. um, that at least he felt comfortable enough that if he wasn't going to do the work, he could try to do something else or yeah. just be in his own space. Yeah. And then, uh, but he did what he started to have conversations with me mm. um, as well, like greeting me at the door, which was a huge step for right, him. Right. And then towards the end of school, he even made like my name in like his graffiti, mm. like artwork yeah. and then like gave it to me wow. and stuff. So that was like a big breakthrough yeah mm-hmm, that's that's really really good to hear and sometimes we we talk about all the different things we can try as educators mm-hmm. and we don't really know like long term what some of those things result in mm-hmm. but it sounds like you left him with a, a relationship you yeah. know you're somebody you cared about him mm-hmm. and tried to 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 see education his way and, mm-hmm. and provide a way in for him mm-hmm. so that that's awesome that's awesome i'm gonna look back on my quotes i mm-hmm. don't think that i have any oh i haven't not included uh, any quotes from my Anne, uh-huh. right my Anne. uh but she says you have a passion for reading um what do you like to read I'm all over the place. I feel like I'm still trying to play catch up because I was such a struggling reader for okay. so long. Um, so long. So I'm just I use like Libby, like our like Libby app, so I can borrow digital ebooks okay. and stuff. Um, what have I been reading? I'm I want to read Atomic Habits next. Oh, That's yeah. on my mm-hmm. my um, to do list for winter break. Um, I read. What did I recently? I, I read a lot of like suspense sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is like different because like I like serial killer type suspense. No, more just like maybe like it's... mystery, a little bit like suspense. So I read one mm. by um, Colleen Hoover recently. Okay. Um, just more like yeah, like mystery or just a little bit darker. And <laughs> people are always wondering why I read. Yeah. Like those that are a little bit darker, and I was like because I can't watch horror movies. They're too oh. scary for me. But at least like I feel like my mind just runs in like PG. So like yeah. if I read something, <laughs> it's not that scary. Like I just like <laughs> yeah. it looks like a cartoon or something in my yeah. head. But I I can't do like horror movies or scary movies. Did Did you read any of the Hunger Games books? Any of those? I did. Okay. Yes. I even yeah. um. I love that trilogy. I read yeah. it a while ago, and then I end up teaching The Hunger Games oh, really? to my eighth grade class, and they oh. loved it. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so I was asking them what they wanted to read um, last year, and I was giving them some choices. And yeah. they're like, oh, let's read Hunger Games, because I knew they liked like thriller aspects. Mm-hmm. They liked like the action of it, the yeah. kind of dystopian society. Yeah. Um, so then we all read that together, which, oh, was, which was really fun. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Uh, I'm going to go back to your... Uh, your sister here. Um, this may seem unrelated, but I'm just intrigued. <laughs> she says that you've always loved the show The Gilmore Girls. That's true. Yes. <laughs> I've never watched The Gilmore Girls. So tell me, um, she says she owes countless hours of rewatching reruns of Gilmore Girls to you. What, what's what's yes. the big deal? <laughs> yes. So one thing about me is if I like a show or I have like a feel-good show or a comfort show, I'll just watch it over and over again. Okay. So like Friends, um, The Office, and then Gilmore Girls is one. Mm-hmm. So I just like years ago, I like started watching Gilmore Girls and then it became like a thing with my mom because my mom and I are very close so we would watch it together because the whole show is about like a mom and a daughter and then I pulled my sister into it and now she just she's like it's just on repeat like in the background as I cook (laughs) right when I get home from work it's just running the whole time on Netflix (laughs) that's awesome so it's it's about bonding with family members Mm -hmm. too yeah and they make like a lot of like pop culture references in um 
in the show so you see if like you can catch them or like they just the writing they talk really fast so i always appreciate it of course as like an english major like the writing is so good oh, yeah. <laughs> like did yeah. you hear like their dialogue <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's i i love it um so another quote from Rocio says that you're passionate about helping others in school and non-school settings. You always find a way to give others an extra hand when they need it. Is that true? You're um, looking puzzled. No, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> um, like, I hope I can like lend a hand when I can. And I hope yeah. that because like so many of the teachers or people in my life have helped me so much mm. that I hope I can give that back. So Rocio and I, like we always like eat lunch together every day. We always yeah. talk about like not only our lesson plans, we give each other suggestions and resources, but also, you know, on the weekend, she's like, hey, like, can you help me with this? Yeah. And us back and forth. So I think. So I'm going to um, stop you there. She says you don't even teach the same subject. No, she teaches Spanish. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me something that you've connected on, like you have an idea and she's like, oh, that could work in Spanish. Like. Yes. Yeah. So recently we just shared the same activity. Okay. So it's, um, I did like the asset-based profiles in uh, my Pathfinder class where I gave them like a template of like a blank head mm -hmm. and then they would decorate it and add words that describe themselves and add right. their own personality to it and she's like can I use something similar because I'm teaching them yo soy and mm. using vocabulary oh, words so yeah. then we were sharing like templates and stuff so then and we were comparing the students work so that was just like one recent activity but we're also always collaborating on like how do you keep the students engaged or like this student just won't sit down he's mm. so active like what do you what does he do in your class that <laughs> right, can help right. so just giving each other like those tips and tricks yeah comparing notes mm -hmm. um, and that's great that you have somebody that you can uh, eat lunch with you mm -hmm. know, and share just uh, kind of a de-stressing, you know, relaxing moment yes. of the day. That's awesome. Um, I do have a quote here that goes way back. This is from your brother. Um, he talked about in childhood having s battling health issues mm -hmm. growing up. Um, what is what did he remember about that? It sounds like when he um, was talking about this, he's kind of writing in a tone of admiration for you I'm not sure I could be reading into that but yeah so like just growing up I was just like in and out of the hospital for just oh different gosh. health reasons yeah. like asthma and just like allergy different yeah. stuff um, and my brother he's only a year older than me so he kind of watched me oh, kind of go through it yeah. um, and I missed a lot of school oh, wow. um, because of it just like going back and forth but I guess just like for me I just, even though I was like sick or in the hospital, I still remember like in elementary school, I was like in the hospital bed and I was like, I need to finish my math homework. And they're like, just calm down. It's okay. I was like, no, like I need to do well. I'm going to fall behind. So that's just always mm. been how I was. <laughs> and I'm still now that I want to make sure that I'm doing my best. I want to like keep pushing myself. So no matter like where I was, whether I was sick at home, in the hospital or in class, <laughs> I was like, I'm still going to do my best. Yeah. So I'm going to tie in one quote that he has in there that um, I think we use the word competitive, but you said not with other people, with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that kind of reminds me yeah. of what you were just saying. Um, so he says you were best friends as kids and Van Ann was always wanting to do what her big brother was doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> For her, that meant trying to play soccer, something he was obsessed with. And then with the health issues, your parents were um, hesitant about letting you play mm -hmm. competitive sports. They relented at last, and my little little sister got a suit up one season for the Pink Pirates of the Fulton <laughs> Rangers Soccer League. All this is true yes. so far? Okay. 
Um, your health issues persisted. However, mid-season, you got sick and had to take extended time away from the field. In her first game back from her medical leave, as if it was the ending to a cheesy sports movie, you scored your first ever goal. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do briefly. And I think I it remember. It seems like he remembers it more than yes, you. Yes. I think he was more excited about me. I, re- I honestly probably didn't even know what happened. I was like, the ball just like, <laughs> I just kicked it away from me. <laughs> and then he says, uh, his, the family and he cheered so loudly, the story gets better, if not less believable because you ended up winning the league championship with your team later that season. Yes, that is true. I would like I don't take any credit for us winning <laughs> at all. Um but yeah, so it was just like I played like my brother was always athlete growing up. He played mm-hmm. basketball and soccer and for me it was just like it was an accomplishment just getting on the field and not getting sick the next day or like running a lap and like yeah. not ending up in the hospital with yeah. like an asthma attack. So I think that was like such a big moment that mm. he could see. He's like, oh my gosh, she actually scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just like pretty like funny moment that like my mom and my brother were able to see. I think I think my dad was there. I honestly don't even remember <laughs> <laughs> that much about it. And they were super excited. And I was like, okay, that's like my ending to sports. Yeah. I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He, it does seem like he was looking like out for you and like kind mm-hmm. of, you know, rooting for you yeah. and hoping that you would do well and yeah. succeed. Uh, and so that the quote from the chess tournament was from him as well. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. He he sees you succeeding and then sort of like then you yeah. walk, walk away from yeah. it. So he might be a little jealous. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. We don't know. Uh, but that's that's great. So make a connection to those moments where you had to kind of battle through mm-hmm. and um, and I'm going to say emerge victorious uh, to teaching. Like, what are those battles in teaching and how do you try to make it through? Yeah. So I think for me, like for teaching, there's so many like ups and downs where like you love mm. teaching, but like your lesson could bomb one day mm-hmm. and then you just feel so discouraged or you're wanting to see growth for students, but you don't know how to reach them. You don't know what you're doing wrong as a teacher to better support them. Mm. So I think like during those days, you're just, I just tell myself like, just keep pushing forward. There's so many um, resources out there. There's um, such a great support system at parks. You know, I'm not doing this alone. I can always reach out for mm. help to admin or my department. So I think just like in times where I feel like oh, I'm not perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> in this job or I'm making mistakes I'm now I'm just telling myself like it's okay like you've had like rough patches before and then just to persevere and to go forward and just to keep trying your best and I think that's what I try to tell my students all the time too like having that growth mindset you know you're gonna make mistakes like going from elementary to junior high is such a big Mm. jump you're gonna deal with seven different teachers with seven different expectations and Mm. you're gonna stumble from time to time but it's like you can succeed if you just keep pushing hard and reaching out for help when you need it. That's great. It sounds like you have an idea of um, the idea of <clears throat> like being uh, showing grace to yourself and to mm-hmm. your students and kind of help them understand that um, there's an opportunity for a new day and a mm-hmm. new start. And it's so hard in junior high. It seems like the stakes are so high. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and it's it's we have a good emphasis on social emotional health. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. Anything else to add? We're kind of getting to the end of our time. Anything else? Uh, shout out you want to give or something else we touched on, but you didn't uh, get um, to talk about? Not in particular. I mean, I guess I would just give a shout out to everyone who took their time <laughs> to give you quotes and <laughs> interesting anecdotes about me that I didn't know was going to be included. <laughs> um, so yes, to my brother and sister because they're so busy. They're both they're both doctors. I'm like the only teacher in our family so for them to take the time to like give you those responses oh that's nice yeah they're very prompt <laughs> like one of the quickest responses uh of anybody we've uh, oh. uh asked for quotes as people on the podcast so that's that's really awesome awesome thank you so much for joining us and uh we look forward to seeing your great success continue at first. of course thank you so much for having me This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.